Welcome to episode 142 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are talking about Season 6, Episode 16, Alpha. The original air date was March 28th, 1999. The IMDb user score has actually fallen from 6.7 to 6.6 out of 10, following the Fox Marathon. It's one of the rare ones where people actually think less of it upon repeat viewings. And the action is centered around the city of San Pedro. It was directed by Peter Merkel. This is his second of three directing credits for The X-Files. He started with A Christmas Carol. And then we'll see him one more time during Season 7 for Red Rum. It's another one written by Jeffrey Bell, who would go on to write many excellent episodes of Angel, Alias, Daybreak. This is his second of five X-Files episodes. He previously wrote Rain King, which aired earlier in the same year. The episode centers on an Asian myth about a specific type of dog or canid thought to be extinct, which was imported into the United States by Dr. Ian Detweiler. And it seems to be responsible for several killings that are way beyond rabid animal killings. We are talking about a level of intelligence, including covering up crime scenes, relocking packages or doors, closing up facilities so that the bodies are found in locked containers with no way for an attacking animal to get out, that sort of thing. In the course of the investigation, Mulder and Scully talk to Karen Burquist, who is a canine expert who originally tipped Mulder off to this. They met online and have been talking, but haven't actually met face-to-face. And as far as Scully's concerned, she's orchestrating a lot of this and blowing it out of proportion because Dr. Burquist has a crush on Agent Mulder. One of the things that they have in common is the I Want to Believe poster that Mulder lost when his office burned in Season 5. During the course of the episode, Karen Burquist and Mulder independently realize that we're not looking for an animal that's owned by Dr. Detweiler. We're looking for Dr. Detweiler, who has become something akin to a werewolf that's able to take the shapes of multiple breeds of dog. And Karen Burquist ultimately traps him because she realizes that the only way to stop him is to kill him as much as it pains her to admit it. She's got much more respect for canids than for humans. That much is clear from the first time we see her. And ultimately, she does give her life in killing Dr. Detweiler. And then in the epilogue, Mulder realizes that, yes, she was manipulating things, and not in terms of putting people in danger, but in terms of trying to stop this animal and, you know, bring it in safely. And the scene ends, or the episode ends, with Mulder opening mail from her, which was her copy of the I Want to Believe poster. It was such a signature piece of the set in Mulder's office that the production staff wanted it to somehow survive the fire, but that wouldn't make sense to not destroy the office completely, so they wrote in this scene where Mulder's original gets destroyed, but he does get a replacement. So as a whole, the episode is okay. Andrew Robinson plays Dr. Detweiler. He will probably be best known to a lot of people as the killer from the original Dirty Harry, 
But to me, he was plain, simple Garrick. And really, that's what he will always be to me, even with 108 credits to his name, some of which are still coming out. We're talking about 2018 releases. So the man is now 76 years old and still acting. This is his only appearance on the X-Files, and it aired during the final season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So it was very close to the end of his role on that show as well. Other notable guest stars include Melinda Kalia. She plays Karen Burquist in this, her only X-Files appearance. Now, she seems to have retired from acting. She only has two credits after this, both in 2001. She's also known for The Fisher King, Brotherly Love, for playing Soren on Star Trek The Next Generation. So that was the episode in which she was considered a deviant for actually having a gender amongst her people. And she was falling for Riker. But then they do the mandatory surgery on her, and those desires go away. And she's been quote unquote fixed. So, specifically, the title was The Outcast. It is one of the strongest message episodes of the next generation. At the time, and possibly still to this day, she was also married to episode director Peter Merkel. Now, Thomas F. Duffy is in here as local law enforcement slash animal control. And he's one of the ones gunning to kill the animal rather than bring it in because of the lives it has lost and the lives it has taken amongst his co-workers. He's best known for playing lieutenant in Independence Day, as well as roles in Super 8, Varsity Blues, and The Lost World Jurassic Park. 86 acting credits to his name on the IMDb, most recently in 2017 three of which were 2017, so it does appear he is still active today. Now, Michael Mantell plays Dr. James Riley. This is his only X-Files credit, but he also has 119 credits to his name, including The Ides of March, A Mighty Wind, Secretary, Ocean's 13, most recently Kingdom, so he is still working to this day. David Starwalt is another one who appears to have retired from acting. 29 acting credits to his name, starting in 1977 with a small part on Lou Grant. He plays Frank Fiedler in this one. He's also appeared on Voyager, Jag. He's best known for playing a reporter in Predator 2, for Good Guys Wear Black, for Jag, for Last Words. Doesn't seem to have a lot of terribly prominent credits. Finally, James Michael Connor plays Jake Conroy in this. He did have a couple of very early acting credits, one in 1976 and then in 1985, before he gets a couple in 93, one in 97, and then The X-Files. He would go on to play a scientist in a couple episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he is still working to this day. He's up to 69 credits to his name. According to the IMDb, he's best known for About Schmidt, Meet Dave, Blades of Glory, and Watchmen. So while IMDb voters place this as the worst episode of the season, and I tend to agree with that assessment. I wouldn't say it's a bad episode. It still entertains, it's just not one I would go back to and re-watch, unless it's in a case like this, where I am specifically re-watching the entire series, or this season, from start to finish. It's not the fault of any of the performers. I mean, Andrew Robinson is always fantastic. I think his talent as Garrick is why that character stayed, 
It was just going to be like a one-time thing. They got Andrew Robinson to do it, and he just nailed it so beautifully. Everybody wanted to see more of him. Melinda Coolia does a good job as Karen Burquist, so I, I think she earned that role. She may have gotten the audition because of her relationship with Peter Markle, but if I hadn't read about that in the IMDb trivia, I never would have known it. She doesn't seem out of place. She played that part and did it well. So, yeah, to me, it's just kind of a bland episode. We've talked about the science behind shapeshifting before, and that just doesn't really work on this scale. Conservation of mass alone is a major issue, as well as the story of how he became the shapeshifter. You'd have to have fundamentally different DNA all the way through to have this happen. This is not a subtle change in someone's physiology. If anything, I would say that part of the weakness of this would be that Jeffrey Bell seems to be writing it as a relatively light episode, especially with some of the early interactions with Mulder when he's finding out that Dr. Detweiler is a cryptozoologist and he's going on about the abominable snowman. Scully says he can go on forever. So Duchovny seems to be playing it according to the script to be a little goofier than Mulder is. Now, the lighter tone episodes can often work very well, but those lighter scenes, when they're directed to be as dark as the rest of the episode and as serious, it's just a stylistic mishmash. They don't blend together, so it stands out, and pieces that work individually just don't work in combination. So unfortunately, this is not one of the better episodes of this particular season. The upside to that is that, at least as far as the mass opinion is concerned, everything is going to be better for this season from here on out. In any event, that's about all we have to say about Alpha. Join us again in two weeks' time when we discuss Trevor. Thank you for listening.